Hey, thanks for joining us here today at Victory Church, where we invite people to belong before they believe. If you want to know more about who we are and what we do, or if any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us in giving to this ministry, we invite you to do so by visiting our website at victory.church. Now, let's check out this week's message from our lead pastor, John Chesty. So excited that you're with us. Uh, if you're watching online, we welcome you. We're honored that you're here. Uh, the 9 o'clock, we had people from Brazil watching, from Cape Town, South Africa watching. And so I, I know we have people watching internationally right now. So uh, we're just thankful that you're with us and we're honored that you're, you're joining us today, no matter, no matter where you're at. Today, um, we're still kind of in this in-between. On Easter, we're going to start a new season series and I like the in-between because sometimes I can just preach a fresh word to what I feel like the Lord's saying in the moment. And if you were here two weeks ago, two weeks ago we had a, a guest speaker that wrecked me. Pastor Joachim was here and he preached. He's from Sweden. And he really, I really felt and I really sensed something shift in me and in, in our church. If you remember, I came up out of the sermon and I just sat on the end of the stage and we just kind of unpacked it. Um, I don't always do that with guest speakers. Usually it's, that was great, wasn't it? Let's move on. This one, there was just this really holy aha moment, and it was this the thing of giving our church new perspective, and there's been a lot of really deep conviction in me over this as a pastor the last couple of weeks as I've unpacked this, because I think the church, and when I say the church, I'm saying our church, but I'm also saying the church globally. In many ways, we've begun to really miss some stuff, and, and I want us to self-correct. I want us to become a mission-minded church. And when we use the word missions in church, we think overseas, other countries, and it includes that, but I really want us to begin to be a mission-minded church that everywhere you go, Monday through Friday, is your mission field. And, and church has become this proverbial place that we come and feed ourselves. And um, myself included, we can really easily go down the path of just making church this thing that I go to, to satisfy my needs and my desires. And so I, I really want to try to flip the switch on this and begin, it's going to take time, but to really begin to shift the culture uh, in our church in this regard. And today is, is kind of one of those messages. I, I want to, I'm not coming today to beat anybody over the head, and I, that's never my heart. And I hope you never feel me doing that from this platform. But I did come to inspire us today um, to really think about spreading the gospel, spreading the good news of the gospel. Uh, and yes, we partake of the gospel for ourselves. Um, but Ephesians chapter 4 is, is really the heart is that God gave the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, uh, the fivefold ministry to equip the saints for works of service. And so uh, that's our mission as a church is to equip people to live, move, and be in the fullness of Christ. And because of my passion, I'm, one of my biggest passions is to take believers and to let them become into the fullness of Christ and to live a life to the full. But if I'm not careful, I'll get so focused on the sheep that I lose sight of the lost sheep. And the Bible says that Jesus left the 99. He said, forget the flock for just a second. I'm going to ignore all of y'all. And I'm going to go get some lost people. And we got to be careful as a church, both globally and our church, that we don't become so consumed with just feeding one another that we lose sight of the sheep that's lost. 
And this is important. So I want to unpack this today. I want to use a, a parable uh, in, the, in the New Testament that you may be familiar with. Um, it's in Matthew. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to, to the book of Matthew, all right? Anybody got a paper Bible this morning? Wave it in the air like you just don't care. Okay, I got a few paper Bibles. I like there's something about a paper Bible, those live the sound. Somebody turn a page just so I can hear it. Shh, turn a page. You hear that? There it is. It's like glory. Like it's just like something about those papers turning. So Matthew chapter 13, you can flip to that. At the beginning of chapter 13, uh, Jesus begins to tell this parable, um, and it's the parable of the sower. And it begins, we're not going to we'll go into it later, but it begins by saying one day the farmer went out to scatter his seed. And it kind of sets the stage as this is the, the more, the, the, the character in this story is the farmer. And so he tells this whole story. Maybe you remember it. It's some seed fell on the path and the, and the bird snatched it up. And some, seed fell on the, some seed fell on the rocks and some seed fell on the weeds. But, but there was this one seed that fell on good soil and it produced a crop. So he tells this story and the disciples are like, what? So later on, this is where we're going to pick up in verse 18. Jesus has to sit the disciples down and say, look, idiots, this is what I meant. Because they're like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. He's like, okay, let me explain it to you. And by the way, we're the disciples in this story, okay? So Jesus is sitting us all down today, and he's going to describe this to you. And many times when you've heard this story preached, it's, it's preached from a giving perspective. You know, you're going to sow a seed, and it falls on good soil, and it brings a return 160-30-fold. And I think it applies to that because that, that symbolism is in scriptures. But I want to be very careful to point out to you the context of this story, story is not money. It's not. It's the gospel. And I want to show you this. It's in verse 18. Verse 18, it says, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. He's patting the disciples on the head. Listen up here. I'm going to tell you what it means. Verse 19, when anyone hears, and I want you to catch this, the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away, snatches away what was sown in their hearts. And this is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once re receives it with joy, but since they, do, they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes, because of the word, they quickly fall away. And the seed, and, I'm, I'm sorry, and the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth, you talk about specificity. Let me get real specific. It's the deceitfulness of wealth. The love of money uh, chokes the word, making it unfruitful. Now we're, watch verse 23. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. I want you to under, underline these next few words in your Bible. If you've got a paper Bible, if you've got a digital Bible, highlight it. These four words. This is the one. One seed. We scattered a whole bunch of seeds, but there was this one, and it fell on good soil. And this one seed produces a crop, yielding. This word yielding, we're going to talk about. Say that word, say yielding. This one seed produces a crop, yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. I want to talk to you on the subject of the one that yielded. The one that yielded. Um, this word yielded is a, a really odd word because it can mean really different things. It's one word in the English language, but it can mean different things. Um, how many of you, let me just poll, 
How many of you prefer a stop sign or a yield sign? Stop sign, anybody? These crazy people. Look, keep your hand up. We need to look at these crazy people. Yield sign. Yes, I think they should do away with stop signs. Just make them all yield signs. And if you're dumb enough to pull out into oncoming traffic, I'm just saying, you, at least you won't have any kids. And we can stop the craziness. I just wanted to see, like, you know, there's some things people laugh at. They're like, that's funny. And there's like, oh, snap, he went there. I'm kidding, okay? I'm kidding, kind of. I mean, I like yield signs. I just kind of want to roll up, look both ways, and keep going. And we all kind of understand that definition of yield. It means I'm going to be cautious. I'm going to, if, if need to, I'm going to, you know, stop. If I see something coming, it's this caution. There's, a, there's two real definitions of yield. Let me show you these to you. One definition of yield literally means in the Webster Dictionary to give way to pressure or influence, to surrender or to relinquish possession. Say? So one of them is completely surrender, I yield to you. It's kind of a stop, I'm gonna stop all movement, I'm gonna stop all progress if needed. The other definition of yield, same word, is an agricultural term. And it's literally translated to produce to produce, to, to flourish, to bring about cultivation, one definition says. So you have the same word. One means to kind of stop, to succumb to pressure, as it says. And the other definition is to be productive, to yield a return, to have a return on investment. And it's funny to me that you can have the same word that means two totally different things. And this verse, the last couple of weeks, I have obsessed over in verse 23, at the end of it, this one sentence that says, this is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. One seed. There was a bunch of seeds that were scattered, but there was just this one that mattered. And sometimes as believers, I think we can become so, so obsessed with making sure our seed falls on the right, right, right soil that we stop scattering the seed everywhere. Because this comes down to just this one seed, this one thing. And so I want to do a, a, a literal live experiment. Experiment, Okay, we're going to do it together. Edmund Campus, we're going to do it together. Before church, I called Pastor Wade, and I told him a secret. Ooh, we like secrets. <laughs> we like secrets. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to do this little experiment here, okay? So Greg, Pastor Greg, come up here for a second. I'm going to whisper a secret to Pastor Greg. And Wade already knows it. And online, the hosts already know it. And so they're going to type it in the chat. So you online can participate in this with us as well, okay? So I'm going to tell Pastor Greg a secret. Pastor Greg is going to go down and tell one person. And that one person is going to tell one person and so on and so forth, okay? So after I tell Pastor Greg, he's going to go down and start this process. Now, I'm just going to keep preaching. And while I'm preaching, you're going to spread the word, okay? And we're just going to see how far... It goes. And so if it gets to the end of the row and you got to get up and walk across the aisle, it's okay. You won't distract me. I'll keep preaching. And we'll just see by the end of the message how far this word goes. All right? So, uh, uh, Hayden, mute me for a second. You can go. 
It's actually really short. I actually forgot it, so I had to think for a second. Yeah. But I remembered after Greg reminded me. Okay, so I'm going to preach, and you guys just spread the word, okay? The first thing I want to do is I want to take this passage, and I want to pull out things in it, and let's learn from it today, okay? To become spreaders. Let's become people who spread the word of the gospel. The first thing is the, the main character in this story I want to talk about. So number one, if you're, if you're taking notes, I want you to write down the farmer, the farmer. Because I want to be very careful and very specific to let you know that in this story, you are not the seed, you are not the soil, you're not the rocks or the weeds or all of the things mentioned in this story. You are the farmer. Okay? Say that with me. Say, we are farmers. You really wanted to sing the song, didn't you? It came to your, you know what, let's just do it together. Ready? We are farmers. Don't you feel better? You see how programmed we are? It's fun though, wasn't it? You want to do it again, don't you? Like you're, you're humming that tune. Come on, let's do it again. We are farmers. Point number two. I'm kidding. We're going to talk about it for a second. Okay, so this story starts by Jesus saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. So we're the farmers in this story. And so really, if you really break down what a farmer is, a farmer is a witness. A farmer is somebody who says, you know what, I've done this before. I've sowed seed before and I've seen a crop come up before and I've even tasted the fruit. And this fruit is good. And because the fruit is good, I'm going to sow another seed and I want you to taste the fruit that I've tasted before. And so a farmer becomes a witness. In the book of Acts chapter 2, every time you hear the book of Acts chapter 2, where fires of tongue rested on their head, and they begin to speak in other tongues, and all these other things, all these amazing movement of God happened when, when the, the Holy Spirit was birthed, and the church was birthed. But just before this, in chapter 1, I want you to catch this, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and watch this, and you will be my witnesses. The very first thing mentioned when, I'm, when you're going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to become a witness. And the farmer has confidence in sowing the seed because the farmer knows how good the fruit tastes. And so when we're farmers, when it comes to the gospel, we're witnesses of how good the fruit is. And so we're witnesses of the goodness of God. And so therefore, we want to become sowers of seed. And I'm concerned about the body of Christ. And when I, when I say these things that I'm about to say, I am including myself in this. I have wrestled through this message for a couple of weeks, but when I begin to think about the body of Christ, things begin to concern me because in many ways, myself included, we've become more feeders than farmers. We've become really good at consuming the goodness of God and receiving the goodness of God and loving sermons about God doing good things for me and fighting my battles and fixing my issues and overcoming my shortcomings. But we are farmers. It's okay to receive the goodness of God. We should. It's for us. The farmer partakes of his own fruit, by the way. But the farmer's just obsessed with sowing seed as he is consuming the fruit. 
And if we're not careful, we can, we can hear a sermon from our home church and then we can listen to 15 other sermons and be like, oh, that's a good sermon and that's a good sermon and I like what this ministry is doing. But, but we're called to be farmers as much as we are feeders. And be, we, we've, myself included, we've become more interested in being famous than being farmers. And I think this is really important for us to, to, to understand and because if we're not careful, we can eat the fruit but never scatter the seed. So we got to become scatterers. We got to be people. We, we need to be less about whining and more about witnessing. Put it that way. And I know that's harsh, but I'm including myself in this. I'm including, I'm including myself in this. Have you ever noticed, um, you know how you can pick a farmer out driving down the road? Uh, it's not if they're driving a truck, okay? Like I drive a truck. My truck does not look like a farmer's truck, Okay. So you know how you can tell farmer's trucks are always dirty, okay? But the real way you, f you can know a real farmer, okay, is if they have that pair of boots in the back that are turned upside down and they're, you see these guys? Like, they always have a pair of rubber boots turned upside down, like in the bed of their, like against the glass, against the back windshield of their truck, right? Why, why is that? I, I think it's because a farmer knows that at any given time, I may have to walk through something that's really dirty. I may have to get a little dirty. So I may have to stop and put these boots on. And I wonder if we've become so good at being Christians that we don't get dirty anymore. We never get out into the fields. I, I've realized that as a pastor, I work in a Christian organization. <laughs> I know Christian people. Uh, as the president of a Christian university, I'm surrounded by theologians and people who understand scripture and truth far more than I ever will. And I've become so in a bubble that I don't even know how to get my hands dirty anymore. And real farmers know that at any given moment, I, need to, I may need to pull on my boots and tramps out into some manure. And you know what? When you start scattering seed and spreading the gospel, things get messy sometimes. And we might get a little messy. And I may have to get down on my hands and knees and dig a hole and plant a seed and cover it up and get my hands a little nasty and a little dirty. But I think that's why in Ephesians chapter 6, when it's talking about the full armor of God, one of those things is that we put on the shoes and we're, our feet are fitted with the gospel of peace. There's something about spreading the gospel that gets us dirty and messy. You know, Jesus said, I didn't come for those I came for the sinners Jesus was known as the guy who was going to the people's houses that the Pharisees and Sadducees was like what is he doing he's he's getting he's getting his boots on <laughs> and he's going out into the fields and as farmers we must become better at this so I wanted to talk to you about the farmer the second thing I want to talk to you about as farmers is the technique the technique if we're farmers and we're going we're gonna to be people who take the seed of the gospel and we take it out into the world. There's really three techniques that are presented in this passage and in scripture that I want to show you. The first one is we must scatter the seed. This passage says the farmer went out to sow his seed and as he was scattering the seed. Scattering means it's going everywhere. I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw it everywhere, anywhere and everywhere. Some might fall on rocks, some might fall in weeds. It's not my problem. I'm just going to throw the seed out because I know the seed is good and sometime it's going to land on fertile soil and something's going to happen. But what the farmer knows, the reason the farmer can scatter seed is because he, he knows there's an abundance of it. I'm not going to run out of seed, y'all. The seed is the gospel. 
The seed is the truth that Jesus died on a cross for our sins. He was buried and resurrected so that we could live a victorious life and spend eternity in heaven. That will never run out. The Bible says that the word of God will never return void, ever. So we can freely scatter seed, scatter it everywhere. And so I get to thinking, well, where does seed come from? Well, seed comes from fruit. Inside every piece of fruit is seed. So if you think about in terms of Galatians chapter 5, the fruits of the Spirit in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So when you are living a life with the overflowing of the fruits of the Spirit, guess what? You're automatically scattering seed. When you live a life of joy, guess what is in every single joyous moment? Seed. When you live a life of kindness in an unkind world, you're scattering seed. So we live our life in a way that every single day, every single moment of our days, we're scattering seed. And Paul, I love this, what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 3. He said, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. It's like, I received truth, and so I turned and I scattered truth to you. Sometimes as believers, it can be very, very tempting to receive the goodness of God, and it tastes so good to say, what else you got, God? What else you got? I need more. I, I'm discouraged. Can you encourage me, God? And these are all great things. These, none of these things are bad. But Paul is saying, I received it, and then I passed it on to you. And then it goes on to tell us what it was. He says, Christ died for our sins, just as the Scripture said. He was buried, and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scriptures said. He's saying, it, it came to me, and I passed it on to you. I'm just scattering the seed. So number one, you scatter. The second and third one, I'm going to present to them at the same time, and then I'm going to talk about them separately, okay? Number two is you water the seed. Number three, you plant the seed. And I want to talk about the difference between scattering and planting. Let me show you this in 1 Corinthians 3. This is Paul. He says, I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their labor, for we are co-workers in God's service. There are times in your life where you're going to, to encourage somebody, you're going to share a word, you're going to pray for somebody, you're going to just give them a passage of Scripture. I don't know what it is, but you're, you, you may not necessarily have been called to plant the seed or scatter the seed in their life. You may be sitting next to somebody on an airplane that has already, re they've already heard the gospel. You're just going to water a little bit. I've just been sent to water you a little bit today. But then there's other people that are, God is going to bring across your path that you are called to be a planter. Now, what's the difference between a scatterer and a planter? A scatterer is reaching into the seed and just, bleh, some will take it, some won't. I don't really care. I'm just going to scatter it. I'm going to be joyous at work. Some people will hate me because I'm happy. Some people will love me because I'm happy. I don't really care. I'm just happy. You know, I'm just spreading, spreading cheer. Whatever it is, spread the Christmas cheer. I don't know what you're spreading. You, you just, you're just, but then there are some people that God brings to your path that he calls you to put on your boots, to get down on your hands and knees, put your hands in the mud, dig a hole, plant a seed in their heart, carefully cover it up, put some water on it, 
go away. Come back tomorrow, put some more water on it. Go away. Come back tomorrow. Oh, there's a weed growing right next to you. Let me pluck that up. There are certain people that God is calling you to be a far greater impact on their growth. Now, what's the difference between scattering? Okay, let's talk about this more. Planting is to one. Scattering is to many. Right now, I'm just scattering. I'm just scattering it to people online and to everybody here and everybody in heaven. I'm just, blah, here it is. And I witness this every single week. You know, some, some receive it, some don't. Some think it's the greatest message ever. Some think it's the worst message ever. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just scattering it. So scattering is a lifestyle. You scatter God's truth by the way you live, not the words you say many times. Planting is a life cycle. It's a process. It's a journey. Um, um, planting happens over a period of time. Scattering happens all the time. Okay? Scattering is a delivery method. Planting is a discipleship method. The church of Jesus, this one included, is pretty good at scattering. We struggle in the discipling. And the church of America has become um, fat because we eat a lot of seed. (laughs) And we've gotten really good at scattering truth. You're experiencing what the church is good at right now. We're good at scattering truth. What the church hasn't figured out, Victory Church included, is how do we disciple? How do we plant seeds, not just scatter seeds? And there's a, there's, a, there's a big difference in this. So which one do we do, John? You do both. You do both. Watch, watch Jesus' words. Two different scriptures, two different books of the Bible. Mark 16, 15, Jesus said, he said to them, go into all the world and preach. That's scatter. You just say it. Some are going to listen, some aren't. You just scatter it. And then in Matthew 28, 19, he said this, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. And there's a really cool example. I'll, I'll be really quick in, in presenting this, but it's a brilliant example of how Jesus planted a seed. And I want to see you, I want to show you how Jesus modeled it and what it looks like for us. Okay? So we get to watch Jesus, in a sense, lead someone to Jesus. <laughs> like he's, this guy named Nicodemus, who's a Pharisee, comes to Jesus in the middle of the night. Let me show this to you. It's in, it's in uh, John chapter 3. Verse 1, it says, now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. You have to understand, these are the people that crucified him. Part of the group that crucified Jesus, and this guy's coming to him, and verse 2 gives us the little secret. It says, he came to Jesus at night. Something compelled Nicodemus. There was a curiosity And he comes to him and he starts asking him these questions. And the way that they will present, when when God brings you somebody that God is calling you to plant a seed and not scatter a seed, they will always come as Nicodemus, somebody who's just intrigued. Like, I don't understand. They're asking questions. They're questioning. It can even come across as offensive. Or they're coming to you saying, you know, my marriage is just struggling right now. My I just don't, they're, they're, they're sharing with you pain. These are clues. This is the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. Now watch how Jesus replies to him. I like Jesus' reply. This is Jesus' reply. To the inquiring man, he says, Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. 
What? You know, if, if I was Jesus, I'd have been like, okay, Nicodemus, sit down. I'm going to explain it to you. Here in a little bit, I'm going to die, and I'm going to go to the cross, and what's going to happen is I'm going to take on all the sins of the world, and I would go through all of the Old Testament and how I was the fulfillment of Scripture and all the prophesied Messiah that was coming, and then I'm going to die, and, but I'm going to be buried, and but three days later, I'm going to rise. I would have told him the whole story. Jesus was like, nope, just a seed. There was something mysterious about it that caused Nicodemus to even step back and try to internalize it more, to say, no, wait a minute. And sometimes I think this is what keeps us from sharing the gospel is because we feel the pressure to explain everything. And it's like, let me tell you, it's great, it's awesome. And we feel like we have to justify it. Can I tell you something? The seed doesn't need your help. You're just the farmer. You plant the seed and watch God begin to work. Now watch the fruit of what takes place in this story. In John chapter 19, you don't really hear about Nicodemus much more. And then in verse 38, it says, Later, Joseph the Arimathea, uh, of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. And with Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. Now watch this. He was accompanied by Nicodemus the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. And Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes. Watch this, 75 pounds. Like, did he have a dolly? How did he carry that? I, my mind goes to weird places. Like, did he have a furniture dolly? Like, I don't know how they, how they uh, I'm weird. Taking Jesus by the two of them, wrapped it up with spices and strips of linen. His own disciples didn't do this. Nicodemus did this. All because a seed was planted. All because a seed was planted. So sometimes you scatter, sometimes you plant, sometimes you water. But be a farmer, okay? Number three, if you're going to be a farmer, you need to understand the soil. I want to talk about the soil because this is a really, really important part. All four of the examples, it says one seed fell on the path, one seed fell on the rocks, one seed fell on the weeds, and one seed fell on good soil. All of them had one thing in common, the seed fell. Some of it was good. Some fell on bad places, some fell on good places. In this story, the independent variable, if, you know, if you're in research at all, educational research or any kind of research, there's always an independent variable and a dependent variable. Indep independent variable never changes. The dependent variable changes. In this story, the independent variable is the seed. It doesn't change. Can I tell you something? The Word of God does not change. It's the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. It'll never change. It'll never return void. The seed is the seed. The only thing that matters is where the seed falls. The soil is the dependent variable. And this is the pressure that I want to alleviate from you, okay? When you're going to share the gospel. Why do we get so obsessed with making sure it all works out perfectly? Like, how big of control freaks are we? Did you know that the soil is not up to you? The only thing up to you is the scattering of the seed. It is not your responsibility. It is, it is not up to you for you to make sure it grows. Paul was pretty clear about that. He said, some plant and some water, but only God can make it grow. Okay? So when you go to present the gospel, you don't need to pray for the seed. You need to pray for the soil. Okay? You need to pray every day that God would bring somebody into your proximity that the soil has been cultivated and the soil is ready for the deposit. 
and your commitment to the Lord is, Lord, if you'll bring me good soil, I'll plant the seed. So God begins to bring the soil to us. And, and watch, watch this. I want to read this one more time in verse 23. It says, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This word understand in the Greek means to bring together, to put the perception with the thing perceived. To put the perception with the thing perceived. Only God can do that. Okay? So God does this for us. And I see this every single week. Every single week I preach. I can walk to this side of the room and a dude is going. <laughs> I, I can't, one, one week I preached. It was one of the very first times I preached at this church. There was a homeless person on the front row, laid down, like, I don't care, I'm going to put my feet up and lay down, like just asleep. I can go to this side of the room and somebody's asleep. I can go to this side of the room and a woman is weeping uncontrollably. Same message. Same seed. The only difference was the soil. I'll preach a sermon. Like last week, I, I came to preach that message about the devil's devices and I came into that sermon going, ah, I don't really feel like this sermon's going to be that good. I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. Pastor Sam texted me afterwards. That's the best sermon I've ever heard you preach. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? What happened? Soil. It's just the soil. When you're going to share the gospel, stop worrying about the soil. It's not your responsibility. You sow the seed and let God do his work. And so let me, let me share some good news with you. Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He, also, he has also set eternity in the human heart. God has set eternity in the heart of every human, which means every human being struggles with the thought of what happens after I die. Even atheists. Do you know why they call themselves atheists? Because they've thought about it. They've wrestled with it. So when you go to plant the seed in the soil, it's cool to know that God has already placed eternity in their hearts. God is cultivating the soil. That's why Romans 8 says that all of creation groans. Psalm 19 says that the heavens declare the glory of God. Psalm 66 says all the earth worships you and sings praises to you. In every human soul, Every human soul is a God-given awareness that there's something more that this world has to offer. It drew Nicodemus to come in the middle of the night to say, Jesus, man, I'm wrestling with something. So this is good news for us. The person sitting next to you on the airplane, the cubicle next to you at work, deep inside the heart of that person, they are wrestling with something. They're questioning eternity. God has put a little bit of miracle grow in everyone's heart. It's just waiting on us to put a seed there. John chapter 12, Jesus said this. Jesus said, and when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. Doesn't say, it's up to you, John. You have to do all the work. Jesus is like, no. I'm already drawing them to myself. You just plant a seed. Plant the truth. Be a planter. Be a farmer. The seed will do its thing. When I'm scattering seed in my yard, I don't look at the seed and go, well, I wonder if this seed has it in it. I don't know, you know. I don't go to the soil. I'm like, hey, you guys ready today? You feeling good? Like the farmer doesn't go out. Like we're so worried about how the soil is going to receive us. 
well, I don't know if this person will like me if I tell them about Jesus. Who cares? Like, the farmer doesn't go out to the field and be like, hey, soil, how are you feeling today? Do you want my seed? Do you want me to put the seed out? No? Okay, I'll let the, the farmer's just like, take it or leave it. Here it is. Here it is. Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. Let's go back to verse 23. I want to read the whole thing for you. It says, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone, not something, someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one. Man, I love those four words. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 and 30 times what was sown. Number one, we talked about the farmer. Number two, we talked about the technique. Number three, we talked about the soil. Number four, let's talk about the crop. The crop. This is the good news. That there's going to be fruit that comes out of this. There's going to be a crop that's produced from this. It's such a powerful phrase. This is the one. Because we can get so consumed with trying to make sure every, every one of them is the one. You may sow a million seeds and only one of them takes root. And for some reason we feel like a failure if we share the gospel with somebody and they don't have us lead them through the prayer right there on the spot. We're like, oh, I guess I missed that one. No, you planted a seed. You watered a seed. You scattered a seed. Let God do his work. Uh, somebody after the nine o'clock came up to me after church and said, I have an awesome testimony of this. I was at the grocery store and I saw this lady behind me that was wearing a boot on her foot. And I just said, can I pray for your foot? And the lady said, yes, I've tried everything. I've tried tarot cards and crystals. I've tried everything. Yes, pray for my foot. That's great. So she just said, Lord, just heal her foot. In Jesus name and just prayed for her. And she said, she left, went home, went home. She came back two weeks later to the same grocery store and that same lady goes, hey, like from two aisles over, come here. And she goes, I, I went home that night and she said, I, I'm a, I was addicted to heroin and Jesus visited me that night in my kitchen and I fell out on the floor and he visited me and I had this amazing encounter with Jesus and I got up and I told my whole family that I was addicted to heroin and you, it changed. He, she goes, she said this, you changed my life. And that lady said, I didn't change your life. Jesus changed your life. Amen? So what happened? She wasn't, she wasn't on aisle three going, okay, let me tell you, here's what you got to do. You need to throw away all your bad CDs and you need to do this. Like, what's a CD? I don't know. I mean, she didn't try to, she didn't unpack anything. You know what she did? She's just like, Seed planted. God drew that seed. God drew that soil into that. Do you know if you scatter seed, it's pretty magnificent, even in nature, how the seed and the soil are just naturally drawn to one another. There's something supernatural, even in creation, that the seed longs to be in the soil. Like if you throw a seed on the ground today and leave and come back tomorrow, that seed will have figured out how to burrow itself down into that soil. The same thing is true with the truth of God's word. If you'll just plant the seed, just plant the seed. Just plant the seed. Let God work on the soil and cultivate that. So 
Let's, let's see how our experiment did. I told one person, I told one person that it's up to me. If you heard, Edmund OKC, if you heard the, the message that was shared this morning, would you stand to your feet? If you heard, and, and if you didn't hear it, stay sitting down. That's okay. There's no shame in sitting down. It wasn't your fault. Nobody told you. I told one person. I just told one person. Told Pastor Greg. It's up to me. And he went and he told one person. And then that person told one person. Now imagine if everybody in this room and everybody I mean everybody watching online left here and told one person about Jesus. Just one. What if we started scattering seed, all of us? We wouldn't be able to contain the churches. We, there wouldn't be enough buildings to contain the amount of people that would be flooding to Jesus. But we've become so consumed by being consumers that we've lost, myself included, I might be the guiltiest one in the room, of losing sight of the power of the gospel message. And how the soil of this world is so hungry for something. And shame on me for not giving them the seed. I want to be a farmer. I want to, I just, I want to become a farmer. And it's not up to, it's not up to anybody else. It's up to me. We've kind of taken on this attitude as well. That's, that's the preacher's job. And if I can just bring him to church, and that's great, bring him to church. I want you to. I would love for them to come to church. But you could preach that message just as good as I could. If the seed has to be presented as a fancy seed, then we've lost sight of the gospel. The soil is ready. Just plant the seed. We're like, well, that's the missionary's job. No, we're all missionaries. Your mission is your office. Your mission is your kids. Your mission is your community, the people that you encounter with every day at the grocery store and at the, at the airport. So I want to go full circle back to the title, and we'll shut this down. The title of the message was The One That Yielded. Every single one of us listening to this message will be the one that yielded. Now remember, there's two definitions to yielded. You can either be the one that yielded to culture and embarrassment and well it's just awkward I don't I don't know how to share the gospel I don't know how to do this what you're doing is you're yielding to your own comfort and your own desires and your own busyness most of the time we're just busy it's not that we don't try we just forget and so I yield to my busyness or we can become the one that yielded from an agricultural standpoint I sowed one seed, and that one seed yielded 160, 30 times fold. What an awesome opportunity to be a part of spreading the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. Like, is there anything else on earth that even comes remotely close to the reward of sharing the gospel of Jesus? 
And how have we missed this? Like, how have we become so distracted by the things of this world that we have lost sight in the most basic part of our faith? Paul said, what you imparted to me. Just this morning as I was studying, I was mindful of the guy who led my parents to Jesus. What was his name? Huh? Web friend. A man named Web friend. My parents were heathens. Like, they were crazy. Like, if you met my parents today, you'd be like, no, not jump. They were heathens, y'all. Somebody invited them to church. Somebody walked up to my parents and just planted a seed. And how different would my life look if Web friend wouldn't have planted that seed. And now I pastor a church of thousands of people because Web Friend planted a seed. You just never know. You just never know. And I don't know that we'll ever know until we get to heaven the number of seeds that were planted to put us where we are as believers. So what a grandiose responsibility we carry, guys, for the future of our nation for us to become spreaders of the gospel. Father, we come to you right now. Myself, God, I, I ask you to forgive me, Father, for not making this more of a priority. May we become farmers, God. May we spread your truth. And what we all say Father, what we all say right now is bring me fertile soil. I volunteer. I will put the seed in the ground if you'll bring me the ground, Lord. I'll scatter it every day to whoever hears it, whoever sees me live my life. I will be a witness. I will scatter the seed everywhere. But if you'll bring me the right person at the right moment, I'll get down on my hands and knees and I'll plant it. I'll put myself to the side. I'll put my ambitions to the side. I will put my dreams to the side. I will put my busy schedule to the side and I will plant that seed and it will yield a crop for your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us here today for this week's message. And here at Victory Church, we are called to equip people to live in His presence, move beyond ourselves, and be transformed. And this can only happen through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. If this message or any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us by giving into this ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at victory.church. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.